If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends. And as of today, the total cases in the United States has surpassed 450,000. That's almost half a million. And that includes more than 15,000 deaths. Last week, the CDC recommended that all Americans wear face masks when going outside. Previously, we heard that we didn't need them unless we were sick. What changed? And what does this mean about airborne transmission, getting sick from breathing? We're talking about the interaction of the fluids and sneezes and such with the flow of the other very important fluid we call air. Joining us today is Professor Lydia Bariba. She is an associate professor at MIT where she specializes in the fluid dynamics of disease transmission. Welcome to Science Rules, Dr. Bariba. Thank you for having me. So uh, may, may I call you Lydia? Sure. How did you get into this? What what made you want to study this niche? Yeah, it's a good question. So, so in fact, um, so my training uh, is in uh, mathematical physics, and and I worked in turbulence and fluid dynamics. Uh, and uh, in fact, I was very much marked by the last uh, big scare that we had, SARS uh, pandemic or epidemic. So everybody, she worked in turbulence. Okay, turbulence. So, that's right. And you're talking about the flow of fluids that uh, that's turbulent rather than laminar, exactly. like a layer. But so, sorry, Lydia, I'm a mechanical engineer. I was I was real into fluids for a while. Oh, that's great. But, yeah. So, so, but you can see I'm fine now. Yeah, you I'm you fine. recovered. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> I'm still in the weeds. So uh, so yeah. So I was working in in, in turbulence, but I always had this um, you know interest in in public health and. Uh, on the side and applications in, in sort of the, the health domain, uh, but I was pretty pretty uh, deep into theoretical effect uh, and uh, modeling of, of turbulence applied to the environmental system. And it's not just hang on, everybody. Let me just say, Lydia, it's not just 
training and skills, you have a, a passion. This is your thing, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's everywhere, uh, in, from the very small scales and the microscopic, uh, you know, scales to the the universe uh, and how galaxies are shaped. And um, it's we we don't see as much the boundaries because fluids are unifying all those different domains. And so, speaking of unifying, couple things. First of all, we got fluids in your sneezes. Uh, if I can say sneezes on the radio. <laughs> and then we got air is a fluid. Anything that flows is a fluid. Air is a fluid. Absolutely. And so these the sneeze is going to interact with the air. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the mask thing, why did they tell us that, you know, they, them, why did they say no mask okay, now they say mask is a must? So the transition uh, that occurred about a few weeks ago is that the debate about that route of transmission started to be a little bit louder. Uh, and, and in part, some of the work that we have done uh, that we put out was about really showing visually, but based on, of course, the, the, the mathematical models and the quantification that we did in the past, that really exhalations, uh, coughs or sneezes, in particular what I refer to as violent exhalations, really span distances that are way beyond that uh, three three foot, three feet or, or six feet distance. You're saying it goes way more than six feet, two meters, when you sneeze, a violent sneeze, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And part of it is because the sneeze is buoyant. Is that right? So it's because it's it's buoyant, but it's also have very high momentum. And, and, the, and the cloud that comes out, so this gaseous, basically the air that we have inhaled is coming back out at, as you know, a high Reynolds number, so in the turbulent regime. High Reynolds number. Can you compare that to, I'm not kidding, to a golf ball or a baseball? So, uh, yeah, so I have to. Or can it, a hockey puck, more if you're Canadian, <laughs> a hockey puck. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, in fact, the speeds are, are quite dramatic. Uh, so the, the high speeds that these sneezes and coughs can reach are at least in some at, at the early stage, the peak flow stage is 10 to 30 meters per second. So, in fact, uh, that's something that's comparable to even biking. Okay, okay. So that I get it. If they if somebody's sick, they want you to wear a mask so you don't send this thing out at 10 meters or 30 meters a second. But then, what changed that they want you to wear a mask if you're not sick? I mean, I have an intuitive idea, but I so kind of want to hear part, from you. Part of it is these emissions, but part of it also is that we are realizing that there is a very large number of uh, individuals that might have also very few symptoms, and that would mean that uh, that basically during even the exhalations, or for example, during a cough or sneeze triggered by an allergy, or basically not necessarily in a time of high um, of, of high um, of visible infection uh, or, or or symptomatic manifestation of the disease, we might still be shedding uh, this disease through our exhalation or or again cough, sneeze, and induced by other other effects. And that would mean that in everyday life, we might be transmitting without knowing it. And, we, and given also the low, um, uh, the shortage and, and the, the limited uh, availability of the tests, uh, it's very hard to confirm when somebody is actually really infected or not. I know. I know. The, the number I saw yesterday in the New York Times was uh, maybe half the people who are infected don't know it. That's right. And and that's and for the and from the data that we have from the countries that actually tested the most, so that uh, would be, for example, South Korea and Germany. We know that it's it's we, basically what we are re- aware of 
in, in the US uh, or, or Canada um, is very much the, just the tip of the iceberg of the population that, ha- that is carrying and shedding. What is the difference between an N95 mask, which you know you hear about on uh, the news or read about continually, N95, what's the difference between that, the workshop dust mask I got at the hardware store that I wear when I'm using the table saw or whatever, and uh, a cowboy's outlaw, you know, an outlaw's bandana. What's the difference between an N95, a dust mask, and a bandana? So the the major difference between these these three uh, these three uh, tools, devices, I don't know how we call them, accessories, depending on the setting, um, it's really the the filtration level and the seal. So. The, 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 that would be the highest, the highest um, grade masks used in a healthcare setting. The material itself, so the different layers that are m- the making of that material, have a high filtration ability uh, of basically filtering uh, n- about 95% of particulates uh, down to 0.3 uh, microns. So, Okay, hang on. You said 0.3 microns? That's right. Wow. 50 microns is two thousandths of an inch. It's the thickness of a sheet of paper. So you're talking about a tenth of the thickness of a sheet of paper, thereabouts. That is a small particle. But that particle isn't enough to carry virus that could do me in, right? So it, it could be enough because the, the virus itself, so we don't have right now uh, imaging and quantification of these particular SARS-CoV-2 uh, a virus, but for other families of coronaviruses, we know that the size is between basically the 60 to 150 or 200 uh, nanometers. Uh, so let me ask you specifically about the seal, the seal to your face, because I think all the time about the my shop dust mask, which is seems like a good feature, is the little piece of strip of metal, I guess it's aluminum, that allows me to smush it against the bridge of my nose. Exactly. And the N95s have that too. And this is really important because, as you mentioned, given the the size of this mesh and the difficulty, the resistance of the air to go through, if it's not well sealed, the flow, as you know, follows the path of this resistance. And so we would have basically air coming through the sides rather than going through a mesh. Well, some disclosure, everybody, wearing my dust mask, which I've worn to the grocery store and like that. If I uh, start breathing hard, lifting bags of groceries, what have you, air will come up the top and steam up the bottom edge of my reading glasses, my walk around glasses. And that's a leak, right? And that's bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, that leak is going up, not toward somebody. So that's got to be better. Just intuitively. Exactly. And that's part of, so if we now go back to, you know, the, the, the cowboy's bandana. Um, so now, the, the, of course, the filtration of that material is not, is not as high uh, and it's not sealed. But one, uh, one possible advantage when we are thinking about this emission, the exhalations, coughs or sneezes as this cloud, is that the cloud is still going to basically interface with an obstacle and be diverted to the sides or up. And that means that the direction changes, but because of that impact with the obstacle, you also have some energy dissipation, so energy that is taken away from this exhalation. And that means that whatever is coming out is also coming out at a lower speed, and therefore it stays more confined around the person exhaling in, in general rather than moving through the, the potential distances that it could reach. With so, so this leads to the question, Dr. Lydia Bariba, uh, 
is six feet enough? Is two meters enough? So it depends really on the setting. Uh, when we're talking about the healthcare setting, then uh, definitely in that setting full of symptomatic subjects, there are shedding that can be coughing and sneezing. It's not enough. And the direct implication of that is that the healthcare worker should be wearing the high-grade respirators, the N95s at all time, because the, we know from the, this, the experiments, the measurements that we have done, uh, that these exhalations are going way beyond the six feet. And the, the sneezes can reach up to 26 wow. feet. The coughs can... How many feet? 20, How many 26. Feet? 26. What's that in meters? That's uh, about uh, seven to eight meters. Five. Seven to eight meters. Eight meters. Wow. Yeah. And, and this is, of course, for an uncovered uncovered sneeze but right. this, this yeah. was something that we have seen you know you have some variability between individuals depending on the lung capacity uh but on 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 average uh this was quite um you know a normal normal kind of distance given the speeds that we that we have uh when we are exhaling violently through sneezes or coughs Vi violent exhalation yeah. that's right you know they they say everything happens for a reason, Lydia, and that reason is usually physics. Oh, absolutely, I, love that. So, I agree. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Something else that really caught my eye is learning about you and your really just fantastic fluid mechanical work is what was this, who was this guy, William Wells in the 1930s? What was that all about? Yeah. So um, at the time, William Wells was, was, was working mostly on the transmission of tuberculosis. Wells surprisingly had a very hard time convincing the medical community who really pushed back on that, on the concept that, that you could also have invisible particulates, basically those that you wouldn't see with the naked eye, 
And he arrived at a classification that, um, that basically stated that when we exhale, we exhale isolated droplets. I- isolated droplets. Isolated individual droplets, individual. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, you had a, a size uh, there, a, a given size of these drops, and some of them, by simple calculation, you could estimate, well, would fall faster than they would evaporate. And then the other ones that would evaporate faster than they fall would be called the small drop uh, route or the uh, later on called aerosols. The problem, and and eventually he he won really in establishing this this view and it was very seminal work that he did in establishing that and introducing the concept of of the aerosols. So as they travel, they change size, they change shape, they evaporate. Exactly. They might hook up together. Who knows? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and the problem is that if you if you don't have that dynamics and the physics that goes during that that is uh, basically describing these exhalations to account for all that plus this exhalation in terms of gas, warm and and, and high momentum cloud that that we found out, then the predictions that you arrive at with just a, a droplet size distribution is very different than what it, what would you, what you would predict in terms of distances that can be reached if you just focused on this isolated droplet uh, emission. So, what does this mean for people in healthcare? The other problem to me in a hospital or healthcare setting is the ventilation, the air ducts where this stuff can float up into toward the ceiling and make its way to any uh, to another room in the facility right absolutely so because of that residual so as the cloud goes out with that high momentum and it it, it moves to, through the room but eventually as we said it slows down and the buoyancy then takes over and you can have then whatever residual uh, is there that is uh, concentrated in, in in the droplets that are, that have been trapped and carried that can then move upward and then enter the be advected or move be moved around by the background air flow that is always there in ventilated spaces and eventually then reaching the ventilation uh, area. So I walk in a room and I smell the cookies. I smell the bread. They're molecules of cookie somehow getting up my nose, right? Exactly. Cookies, cookie, uh, yeah, emissions. <laughs> a cookie cule, yes. Now, those are much smaller. Those are just molecules. They're not as big as a virus. Is that right? That's right. That's right. But either way, whether you're smelling, working as a healthcare professional, or walking around right now outside where you're, or rather in an environment where you're going to meet somebody else, any mask is better than no mask, right? That's so, yes. So as long as, and and this is an important point, as long as people realize that if it's not a high grade mask that it's not fully protective so that we don't take more we don't have more risky behavior because now we have some mask that might not be oh i've got a bandana on i'm gonna go yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna so, run around yeah yeah so that's so that's the that's the concern i think in 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 also the issuing these these guidelines that people now get closer to others because they're wearing a bandana and that's mm-hmm. that's really important to understand uh, that it's it gives some protection uh, of course better than nothing but that that protection as you as you mentioned, these, the, the the air is is carrying molecules and and on these small residual particulates and can still come in. Also, uh, what we talked about earlier through the sides, the path of least resistance. So it's not it's better than nothing, but it's not 
necessarily protective if we're entering into a zone of very high load or concentration in the air of these viruses. This is another thing. Through this pandemic, this is one more example, doctor, where when it comes to masks, where it comes to the fluid mechanics of airborne transmission, when it comes to how big a dose you might receive from droplets, this is another thing where this pandemic, where it it absolutely, without question, every single time, for sure, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the details. It, so, it's uh, in th- the details, exactly. Thank you so much, Professor. Our guest today has been Professor Lydia Bariba, who is an associate professor at MIT studying disease transmission by fluid mechanics. Thanks again. Before we go, we have today's story, and today it comes from a listener named Ken. Let's roll that digital recording. Uh, Hey there, Bill. Uh, I'm Ken, and I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm currently sitting at my sewing machine, putting together pattern pieces for face masks. I cosplay and make costumes as a hobby, so I have a lot of extra fabric and supplies at home. Even if just a few layers of cotton don't do much, I know I can help my older neighbors and community by making something even a little bit safer than just like a scarf or a bandana. Uh, Hopefully by the end of tomorrow, I can finish up enough to leave at their doorsteps. Thank you again so much, Bill, and to the professionals and editors and everyone else who works on this podcast. Stay safe, wash your hands, and of course, Science rules. Wow. Ken, nicely said. Join the conversation. Leave a voicemail about your experience with this pandemic. Call 201 472 That's 201 472 My friends, this is a pandemic. And so everyone in the world, we are all in this together. And more than ever, science rules. Now, if you like Science Rules, and I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out and helps other people learn about the show. So thank you. The Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced by Stephanie Kariuki, Claire Rawlinson, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer today is Luce Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks again to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer here at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, science rules. So wear your mask and wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.